After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Welcome to Greater Good Radio Hawaii, where leaders inspire leaders. Greater Good Radio Hawaii is dedicated to social entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Evan Leong, and with me is my co-host, Carrie Leong. Today's guest is Clint Churchill, trustee of the estate of James Campbell and former commander of Hawaii Air National Guard. Mr. Churchill also serves as president of Acroflight Inc. and is on the board of directors for several organizations such as Hawaii Pacific Health, Boy Scouts of America, and several others. Please welcome to Greater Good Radio, Clint Churchill. Welcome to our show, Clint. Thank you. This is a pretty easy question to start with, but as trustee, what is, do you have a normal daily routine? Uh, sure do. Uh, still at the office every day, even though the trust itself is, uh, is in the winding down mode. And uh, I've got the baton for this year as, as chairman, so that's kind of the uh, point of contact with attorneys and, and uh, uh, the accounting firm and so forth for uh, issues that, that, uh, that may come up. But my, my day is uh, less involved with uh, estate matters as it was in the past uh, than it is uh, uh, community activities such as uh, Pacific Aviation Museum Pearl Harbor that uh, probably takes the, the biggest chunk of time. You know, your experience in the National Guard, what's the most exciting thing that you experienced in that? The, the single most exciting thing? Yeah. Um, Can you pick out one? Uh, well, you, you think of the, uh, you know, some of the near misses that happened in the air. Uh, I was fortunate to fly for uh, uh, 30 years as a fighter pilot in the Air Guard, F-15s, F-4s, and, and uh, back to the F-102 days. So uh, a lot of air-to-air -air combat uh, training, and uh, even though it's a uh, uh, somewhat controlled environment, lots of rules and rules of engagement, we call it, uh, there's still times when uh, it's exciting up there with lots of planes uh, trying to get to one piece of sky at the same time. and. Uh, it's just a, a, a challenging but a very rewarding kind of a, a, a vocation, if you will. When you decided to make the transition to civilian life, how, how was that for you? Well, uh, my National Guard career was actually in parallel with, with my uh, civilian career. Uh, I joined the Tucson Air Guard uh, right out of college and uh, started a civilian career for oh, about a year and a half uh, waiting to go to pilot training. And that was about a two-year uh, process. That's actually what got us, uh, uh, my wife and me, to Hawaii. And I'm talking 39 years ago now. Uh, so af after five or six months of uh, uh, flying full-time at the Air Guard, kind of getting your feet on the ground and pulling some alert duty, I was uh, able to look for a, a civilian position and started out with uh, Touche Rawson Company, which is now Deloitte and & Touche in Management Consulting. So that started my uh, business career here in Hawaii. Did you know what you wanted to go into, or did you kind of fall into that? Well, um, I had gotten my MBA uh, right out of uh, college, so uh, I had an interest in uh, financial and financial-related uh, activities, so uh, th this seemed to make sense. It was a lot of uh, uh, analytical work, systems work, implementation uh, work, uh, feasibility studies, so uh, kind of in the same vein of what uh, uh, MBA, MBA training uh, uh, was all about. In the year and a half or so that I had before going to pilot training, uh, I was a controller of a, a medium-sized company in, in Phoenix, and uh, so picked up some uh, 
you know, learned a fair bit about accounting and, and systems uh, at that company. Is it hard to manage your time when you're in the National Guard? Uh, it's a challenge. Uh, having a civilian career and uh, a guard career is a real challenge, and uh, having a, a family life. So you have to uh, attempt to balance uh, uh, all three and, and uh, prioritize. Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's not easy on the family, so the, the commitment to the Guard and, and uh, uh, through me to our country is really the, the family's commitment of, as well. And uh, I was very fortunate to have a wonderful wife and, and uh, three great sons that uh, supported what I was doing. And, and uh, it worked out. The, 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 uh, still married and, and the, <laughs> my three boys have grown up to be uh, uh, very responsible citizens uh, in the community, I feel. Uh, but, uh, you know, life is about priorities. You do have to uh, uh, figure out what you want to do and, and where your opportunities are and, uh, uh, you know, how to, how to balance the, the different demands on, on your time. Can you give our listeners any tips on how to figure out balance? Sometimes people think they have a balanced life and then they compare it to someone else and then they realize maybe I'm not so balanced. Some tips on how you maintained a balanced life during that time. Well, uh, I, th I would say uh, family comes first, um, and with family is really yourself. Uh, I think uh, having an active life and, and uh, ticking on a lot uh, means being healthy. Uh, uh, you know, uh, exercise has always been important to me. I've uh, kept up my tennis over the years and jogging and other things, so uh, it gives you more energy. I find out when I don't have an opportunity to exercise as much, I've got less energy. So having that energy, number one, uh, and then, then the family uh, part, uh, working things out uh, with the wife, give and take, uh, who does what. Uh, it's just uh, something that every husband and wife uh, have to do. And then as the, as the family is, is growing and, and the, the more demands there and trying to be a good dad and so forth, uh, you just have to uh, 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 do your best. Don't you have to be in good physical shape to be a pilot? Uh, reasonably good shape, yeah. You are, you are pulling G's. The, in the case of the F-15, it's a about 9.4 G airplane, so uh, you're... Uh, what does that feel like? I mean, you're not, you say 9.4 Gs. What is that on your body? Well, that's uh, uh, the compression from making a tight turn, whether it's uh, up or down or uh, uh, just a level turn. Um, it's like putting a plane on the end of a, a string, so it's a centrifugal force, in effect, that you feel from your head down to your tailbone. So 2 Gs is twice the weight on your body. So Do you feel like you're getting crushed, or how does it feel to uh, you when you're flying? A little bit like that. Uh, you're wearing a G-suit, and the G-suit inflates around your legs and around your uh, stomach. It feels like it's cutting you in half. So that causes you to do what uh, uh, we call the L1 maneuver, which is to tense up your body to try to keep the blood from uh, coming down from your brain and to keep the blood in the upper, upper part of your body so your heart can keep, uh, uh, keep you awake, so to speak. So when you pull too many Gs, you start graying out. So. Uh, the, the better shape you're in, the, uh, the better you can do that L1 maneuver, uh, the better you're going to endure and, and uh, not be uh, totally tired after one flight. Because sometimes you're called on to make uh, perhaps uh, you know, three sorties in one day or something. and It can be pretty demanding. Thanks, Clint. We'll talk more about that after the break. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, 
and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Radio.com. We're back from break, and today's guest is Clint Churchill, trustee of the state of James Campbell and former commander of Hawaii Air National Guard. So before break, Clint, we were talking about um, your experience in air. Do you miss it today? Well, I'm still flying. Uh, I retired 12 years ago from the, from the Air Guard and uh, set up a company, AcroFlight Inc., uh, and uh, about an extra 300, which is a, a limited category aerobatic plane. So uh, that business is involved with uh, first-time aerobatic flight experience for uh, uh, for folks that uh, find out about me on the website and so forth. A uh, little bit of instruction and, and a, a one or two air shows a year. So Wait, that, that's kept that's kept me pulling G's like we were talking about earlier. But uh, you you're flying in these air shows with like the Blue Angels or like the one that was just in Waikiki and so on, weren't you? Uh, yes, I did fly in the air show with the uh, Blue Angels in 2004, mm-hmm. uh, I believe it was. Uh, we, we were out of the country for the uh, the one last uh, last October at, at Kaneohe. So you're doing lessons in it, or you just take people up and 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 take them in your plane? Both. Um, I've had some some students that. Uh, uh, want to learn how to do uh, aerobatic uh, maneuvers and uh, aerobatic competition uh, routines. Uh, aerobatics has a whole uh, competition uh, format of uh, uh, sportsmen, intermediate, advanced, unlimited. So as uh, folks learn learn the different maneuvers, they can move up through the categories and keeping the plane in a certain uh, uh, what we call aerobatic box uh, for, for uh, uh, the competition uh, uh, routines. Did you always want to fly when you were young? Uh, no, not when I was real young. I did have uh, one private flight, uh, private uh, plane flight when I was, uh, oh, I think seven or eight years old. Uh, but I really got the bug with uh, uh, my, my father-in-law uh, had an airplane, and we flew back from Arizona to Indiana one time, and uh, that's kind of where I really, really got the bug. He said, grab, grab onto it, you're driving this home. <laughs> well, yeah, in fact, uh, I did uh, spend a fair bit of time in, in the in the co-pilot seat and you know learning uh, and just observing the uh, navigation and working the radios and and you know managing this was a two-engine plane a fairly complex uh, airplane and uh, I was just excited and challenged by the, the potential of, uh, of flying and so uh, it uh, once I started taking lessons it's been in my blood for the last whatever 44 years or so. Has your flying experience helped you in business at all? Uh, I would say so. Uh, of course, the, uh, the the better part of my flying career has, has been through the Air National Guard, and uh, the military discipline. The uh, uh, one one thing I would comment on going through Air Force pilot training it, it was really an opportunity to find out uh, uh, how much you have and how much uh, uh, you're capable of. They really give you a lot in that 53-week uh, course. Uh, you're in there with, uh, in my case, uh, about 63 other. At the time, uh, all young men and now young ladies, uh, uh, with the same challenge. Uh, so uh, the competition among and between each other, uh, achieving, uh, uh, you want to always 
do well on your uh, academic tests and your flight tests. So uh, I, I think that perhaps that achievement mode and, and knowing uh, that was probably the, the busiest yet the most fun year uh, of my life, and I think my wife would say the same thing. So uh, uh, I guess the, the bottom line there is uh, the more you're challenged, the more uh, rewarding it becomes um, and the more fulfilling. You know, you mentioned that you were doing consulting with Touche Delight? A Touche Rossum Company at the time, now now Delight and Touche, yes. Okay, and um, and then you you were a controller also, financial controller. Those are like two different positions. Were you just trying to fill out what you what you wanted, where you would fit into a company, or? No, they, they were uh, uh, very similar. In fact, oh, the, the opportunity uh, when I became controller at Gaspro was through a uh, good friend, Mike Clifford. He was the controller there. And I was actually calling on him uh, to perhaps talk about uh, systems implementation, new ideas for uh, uh, financial systems for computers. Uh, and we're talking the 1973-74 time frame now, uh, when uh, a lot of companies had mainframes, but applications online to the various departments, uh, things like that, were, were relatively new. So uh, one of the main responsibilities of the controller at Gaspro uh, was the computer systems. So there's a, a very, uh, very much a, a parallel there, and of course that grew into more of the, the financial accounting in and, and uh, uh, the like, and, and uh, that controller position evolved to be a financial VP and, and the CFO. You've got a pretty varied background of things that you've done. Everything from Nature Center to Chairman of Special Olympics I mean, to Deloitte and Touche and so on. I mean, how do you move between these companies and so on that seem so different? Well, I, I think it's the uh, uh, there's, a, there's an ethic there of, of community service. Um, and I, I've just found over the years that uh, uh, the, the opportunities to, to serve the community in different capacities uh, have, have, uh, have come. And I would encourage uh, you know, your, your listeners uh, to take those opportunities uh, and, and experience different uh, aspects uh, of life. You know, I, I, uh, um, Special Olympics was one of the, one of the earlier uh, activities I, I became involved in, uh, and was it ever rewarding uh, uh, for all those many years. Uh, Kapilani uh, uh, Medical Center has now evolved to Hawaii Pacific Health, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, the, the opportunity to go down to the neonatal intensive care unit and see the premature babies and, and uh, to, to be part of that organization uh, that, that's providing such good, good service to, uh, to the community. And the case, of course, of uh, Special Olympics to, to uh, disadvantaged and, and needy individuals and how fulfilling that is to them uh, translates up, even at the board level, to uh, uh, a very fulfilling uh, uh, and rewarding uh, activity. How are you choosing which organization you want to be a part of? Uh, perhaps a passion for, for their mission, and uh, probably a different story with each one. Uh, uh, it's it's uh, seeing what they do, going to a, a Special Olympics event, uh, uh, going up to the Nature Center and, and seeing the young school children on, on field trips, uh, a lot of them going to uh, uh, urban schools that never have an opportunity to get out into, into the country and seeing them uh, uh, find a tadpole or get some mud squished between their toes and seeing the smiles on their face and, and uh, in that case the, the uh, uh, value that's uh, being instilled of, of protecting our environment as, as they grow up to be adults. So you see that and you see what a difference it's making. Uh, so there's probably a, a, a story or a background behind uh, 
uh, HR organization and, and uh, then once you're engaged, I guess another thing to, to encourage folks is, is uh, uh, really be engaged. Uh, be passionate about what you're doing. Uh, be committed. Uh, when you're called on to do something, uh, carry it through. Uh, over the years, I've kind of uh, evolved to a, a, a fundraising role and uh, have enjoyed that. A lot of board members, for example, don't really uh, care to fundraise. So uh, uh, these nonprofits uh, all need help, especially in, in this day and age, uh, with our uh, economy on tough times. So uh, they, they, they need the help of, of folks that are uh, you know, involved and active in the business career to, to help them in, in the same sense uh, in, in their nonprofit setting. Thanks, Clint. We'll talk more about that after the break. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Is the greatest part of your workday the leftover lasagna you packed for lunch? Is it quickly becoming apparent that you and everyone you know are smarter than your boss? Just how satisfying is it to wear an untucked shirt on Fridays? It's time you stopped filling a position and started being fulfilled with a job that excites you every day, not just payday. And now is the perfect time to demand more of the work week. The Honolulu Star Bulletin and Midweek Work with Monsters so you can live up to your potential right here. Your calling is calling. Find it at starclassifieds.monster.com. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Today we're speaking with Clint Churchill, trustee of the state of James Campbell. Mr. Churchill also serves as president and on the executive committee of the Pacific Aviation Museum Pearl Harbor and is on the board of directors for several organizations such as Hawaii Pacific Health, Boy Scouts of America, and several others. Clint, before break, you were talking about some advice. You said keep your eyes open for opportunity, and you said you really encourage you know, young people to explore the different aspects of life. A lot of times we get caught up in our careers and we settle for what we have. Seems like you are always open to newer things. Um, what's your advice for people to step out of their comfort zone and try new things, taking that risk, whether they succeed or fail, they would never know. Um, you just have to do it. Uh, uh, just, just value action uh, above all else. And, uh, and seize opportunities. And when you hear of something, uh, or uh, something as simple as a Chamber of Commerce mixer, an opportunity to meet people. So you never know when you're going to cross paths with one person that has an interest in you, or uh, he or she, what, whatever their uh, passion or organization happens to be. Hey, come on down and, and uh, see what we're up to. Uh, you know, one thing leads to another. Uh, and uh, uh, just take advantage of, of opportunities, I guess, is. Uh, is what I would say. So which charitable organizations are you involved with right now? Uh, of course the uh, the busiest is uh, Pacific Aviation Museum Pearl Harbor. I've uh, been involved with that uh, eight or nine years and we've built that up from just starting starting a corporation with not a penny and uh, we've opened two years ago and uh, have welcomed more than 200,000 visitors uh, uh, to our facility out on uh, Fort Island. Uh, great great little aviation museum. We have uh, three more phases uh, to go, two big hangars to develop, 
But uh, those that haven't been out to, to see what we're up to uh, should, should go uh, get your ticket out by the Bowfin Inn and come out and see what we're doing. So that's, that's probably the uh, uh, biggest time, uh, time consumer. Uh, Why Pacific Health, uh, the kind of parent company of Kapilani, Straub, Polymomi, and Wilcox, uh, active on that board, the Finance Committee, and the Audit Committee. Bank of Hawaii, although it's not a, a nonprofit board, uh, active on the uh, audit committee there. Uh, Boy Scouts, uh, Chamber of Commerce, uh, a Military Affairs Council is uh, a group that uh, helps to uh, coordinate things between the military and the civilian community, and uh, keeping uh, both sides informed uh, of uh, various activities and, and supporting the military in our community. Uh, so those are the uh, main things keeping me out of trouble uh, uh, at this time. What's the story be behind the Aviation Museum? Who came up with that idea and how did you get involved with it? Well, it really went back to an idea in 1995 when some fellows came from California for the 50th commemoration of uh, the end of World War II. And they came up with the idea and uh, tried to start uh, a museum, uh, formed a corporation in California, tried to raise some funds, but the wrong board, the wrong uh, initiative, and that kind of failed after three years. One of the fellows uh, in that group, John Sterling, uh, connected with uh, Marad Hayes and Don Parent, and they came uh, to me one day for lunch, and uh, we went out to, uh, uh, when I was working out at Kapolei, uh, to Niblick, and scratched our head, and, and we said, you know, this is a great idea. Uh, uh, I'm in if you're in, uh, let's go do it. So that was the seed of the idea, and, and uh, uh, working with the Navy and building up the board and, and doing the early fundraising and, you know, like, uh, we got Senator Inouye behind us with a great federal grant, and then, uh, uh, more fundraising to uh, uh, you know, derive the funds for the uh, first phase of the museum. It's about a $13.5 million project, uh, as I commented before, that's uh, been open almost two years and, and uh, has gone quite well. Who are you also involved with the um, Arizona Memorial uh, rebuild in that at the Visitor Center? Well, indirectly, uh, the, uh, all four of the venues, the Arizona, the Missouri, the Bofin, and the Aviation Museum, uh, are now what we call the uh, historic sites. Uh, we call ourselves the historic partners to uh, one another. So we're working well together. Uh, we, we're doing joint advertising. We have joint brochures together. Uh, we, we cooperate and work closely with Missouri on, the, for example, the bus going to and from Fort Island. Uh, the Bowfin does the ticketing for the Missouri and the Aviation Museum. So, so really it's a uh, uh, close working uh, relationship uh, among all four. The new Arizona Visitor Center will have uh, ticketing window for the three nonprofits in addition to their ticket window for their uh, theater and therefore the uh, launch out to the Arizona itself. So it's a, uh, it's a relationship that I, I think is going to blossom and uh, the, the idea is to uh, uh, make a day at Pearl Harbor for our, our visitors from out of state as well as local residents uh, fulfilling and, and uh, uh, rewarding uh, experience. Thanks Clint. We'll talk more about that after the break. Thanks for tuning in. Stay tuned for more on Greater Good Radio. After hundreds of interviews and thousands of hours of research, we're excited to share with you our first book, The Greater Good, Life Lessons from Hawaii's Leaders, with a special forward from Mayor Mufi Hanneman. The Greater Good is a collection of personal stories and quotes from over 70 of the leaders we've interviewed. The Greater Good will make you laugh, make you cry, and will inspire you to live a greater good life. Available at bookstores statewide and at greatergoodbooks.com. Feeling fine, we're staying cool on Hawaiian time. 
Neptunites, the sunshine in your mouth. For bubble tea supplies in your home, at a party or business, contact Bubble Tea Supply at 948-2622 or online at bubbletea.com. Audi sell his company to Akamai Technologies for $3 billion. Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who donates 6% of sales to make more money? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. How do you get 100 stores and 100 million in sales in less than 10 years? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. Who raised $50,000 in a few weeks for the tsunami relief? Find out at greatergoodradio.com. And all while benefiting the community. Greatergoodradio.com. You're listening to Greater Good Radio Hawaii. Today, we're speaking with Clint Churchill, trustee of the state of James Campbell. Mr. Churchill also serves as president and on the executive committee of the Pacific Aviation Museum Pearl Harbor and is on the board of directors for several organizations such as Hawaii Pacific Health, Boy Scouts of America, and several others. You mentioned that um, everything that you're kind of involved in is somehow tied into your passion, which seems to be the community, you said. Um, were you raised with this value, or is this kind of a personality trait? Well, I think uh, perhaps raised with it. My, uh, you got me thinking. My, my mom was uh, Woman of the Year in Phoenix in 1952, and I remember uh, being in second grade, and mom pulled me out of school to take me to this lunch where she was, was being honored. And she's very active in March of Dimes and, and uh, two or three other organizations, so perhaps that was uh, uh, one scene of it. Uh, I give my wife credit. Uh, She's very active. Uh, she's a special education major and and uh, active with the Junior League here in Honolulu in our, our uh, early years here. And so that gave me a whole perspective on the uh, initiatives and programs and nonprofits that they, they support and spawn. Uh, so it just comes from uh, different areas. And th then seeing that uh, uh, the, the benefit and the value to the organization you're working for of community involvement. In other words, uh, your organization, every organization has to sell something. Uh, so the more that you're seen as a good corporate citizen, uh, the more uh, uh, valuable that's going to be to your organization. So uh, uh, you can see that in the case of the Campbell Estate, uh, uh, it takes a lot of community goodwill to, uh, to do things like build more roads and, and uh, uh, develop more land. Uh, so that's, that's a challenge and we very clearly saw that uh, community involvement and supporting the community and working closely with the community uh, as partners as opposed to just uh, being isolated and, and, and doing what you want to do uh, without that relationship uh, uh, is, is a key factor, I think, in the, the success of the uh, development of Kapolei and the, the community support in the Kapolei region. What, what correlations have you seen between your community work and your business work? Like, have you seen that because you're involved much more in the community, it's, it's had a direct effect on your businesses? Um, well, as I commented for the, for the Campbell Estate, I mm -hmm. would say uh, uh, definitely so. Uh, you, you How about an example? Do you have a, like, uh, an example of something that maybe Campbell had gotten involved with and that turned into something else? I think it's uh, more of a uh, uh, building up of goodwill and, and trust and support in other words, when, when we go to the community um, and talk about, have a hearing or something about a new project, and uh, they're not so sure what's that going to do to traffic or uh, uh, other concerns that, that they might have. But when, when they know and they've uh, worked on other organizations with you, 
uh, and you show you're committed and want to do the right thing for the community, uh, there's a trust there and, and a relationship that's established uh, because of the, uh, the community service and, and uh, wanting to work with the community. So I think it's more of a general uh, uh, buildup of, of that, uh, uh, that respect and trust. You've been in a lot of positions where you have to you know, take the leadership role. Do you have any favorite motivational stories that you tell your staff or your team or so on? Well, um, we're in this together. Let's work on it together. I guess the, uh, the story that I would tell is, is one of uh, the president and CEO of a company who was not ready to retire and um, was, you know, he had a number of vice presidents and was trying to figure out who to, who to promote uh, as his replacement. So he thought he'd get a second opinion and brought in a consultant, and, and uh, the co consultant came in and did something very interesting. He didn't just interview the uh, uh, vice presidents. He went down several notches lower in the company and said, uh, asked the folks, who would you like as your next leader? And uh, uh, the, the, those at the bottom uh, picked, in this case, the controller. Uh, I th we think Dave would be the person to take this organization uh, to, to greater heights. It wasn't any of the vice presidents. So went, the consultant went back to the uh, CEO and said, uh, here's your next leader. So uh, that's an example, and I've seen it many times, that uh, uh, it's kind of a, a revelation that promoting doesn't really come from the top picking somebody as much as it does from the bottom pushing up. A good leader will select uh, uh, the next leader uh, by talking to the subordinates and, and working uh, working with them to, uh, to identify the, the next leader for, uh, for the organization. That's cool. Thanks for joining us today on Greater Good Radio. For more information or a transcript of today's show, please visit us online at greatergoodradio.com. This is your host, Evan Leong and Carrie Leong, saying please join us next time for another episode of Greater Good Radio Hawaii.